0: You are listening to the 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. We study God's word and we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that God has given us. I am Pastor JD Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. You can check us out at soh.church. Plan your visit, download our Sound of Heaven app, you can get it there, or you can also go to anywhere where you get apps on your Apple Store or your Google Play Store. Just type in Sound of Heaven. It won't be hard to find. And if you're listening to this anywhere where you get podcasts, give a like, give a share, subscribe, turn on your notifications so you don't miss anything. And what am I leaving out here? Oh, leave comments as well. Uh, They all help out a ton, and we are really seeing some good growth in our study. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. And if you've been with us now for over 30 days, good going to you. We are developing some awesome habits in the word, and we are about to embark on really an incredible, incredible chapter. So far, we've seen and read some amazing things done through the power of Of Jesus. He fed the 5,000 with a couple loaves of bread and some fish. He healed the blind. He raised the dead and so much more. And aside from the cross and the resurrection, I'm speaking for myself here. For me, this is one of the most powerful displays of who God is right in this chapter. I hope that I do it justice in studying with you and walking you through what actually is going on here in the chapter that we affectionately know as the Last Supper. This is John's view of what happened in the Last Supper, and the details that he provides are staggering, I think, when you really put it into perspective, and that's what I hope to do with you today. In the previous chapter, we saw Jesus walk into Jerusalem with a triumphal entry. The crowd who was on their way to the temple to sacrifice and and celebrate the Passover festival laid palms at his feet, signifying that they saw him as the king. And I can imagine what the disciples walking with him must have thought. And Luke chapter 22 also goes into this meal describing their mindset. But we hear Jesus say that the time has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. And if we were honest with ourselves in our human flesh here, we probably thought the same as the disciples, that to be glorified meant to walk through the streets and be praised and have palms laid at your feet and to be treated like a king. But that's not what Jesus was saying. Jesus gives the parable that a kernel needs to fall to the ground, otherwise it's just a seed. But when it falls to the ground, it multiplies. He was talking about his death. He was talking about being glorified by his death. And we know we are close. We're getting close to the cross. Let's start with verse one here. It says, it was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. So all this time we hear Jesus saying in the previous chapters, it's not my time it's not my time. It's not my time. And then in chapter 12, he says, it is time for the son of man to be glorified. And nobody really, I don't think understood what that meant truly. And maybe it was better for them that they didn't. Maybe it was better for them that they thought that they would have Jesus with them the whole time. Maybe it was a little deceiving watching him walk into Jerusalem with those type of accolades. And in Luke 22, as I alluded to earlier, it talks about what the disciples were saying on the way into what we know as the Last Supper. They were arguing amongst one another as to who would be the greatest in the kingdom. And I have to imagine that they were really still glowing from the entrance and then watching Jesus command with authority and and speak to people with authority and talk about how he was from God. And they were probably looking at each other and saying, he's from God and I'm with him. Yes. And they didn't understand fully what was going on. So Jesus knows it's time to leave this world and if you continue it says having loved his own who were in the world he loved them to the end of course he's talking about the disciples here he loved them because he chose them he raised them he walked with them he ate with them and soon he would leave the kings of the, the keys to the kingdom with them and that he loved them to the end means he loved them to the utmost not that there was a time frame on it He loved them to the fullest extent. And in verse two, it says the evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. So I want to just lay the setting here for a second. What these type of meals were like, the head of the household would always have the primary seat and then those closest to him would sit closer and then it would descend down the line, so to speak. And if you took a census of the room, it would start with who was sitting at the head and it would end with the lowest of the low servants, which is why this account is so powerful. And in verse 3, it says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal and he took off his outer clothing and he wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured into a basin water and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. And." I hope I have the words to communicate this to you, what this meant. It meant that Jesus took the position as the lowest servant in the room. See, at that time, you'd be walking around with your sandals and there was nothing dirtier on your body than your feet. And here we have Jesus getting up and washing the feet of his disciples. And at face value, we can say, wow. That is powerful, but I want you to consider what's really happening here. A few times in this study, we've talked about what it means to have a type and shadow and a type and shadow is when something happens and it almost foreshadows or it's a precursor to what is going to happen. And we see it all throughout the old Testament, right? We see it in, in Abraham going to sacrifice his son. And then God putting a stop to it and saying, I'll provide the lamb. Of Obviously, that was a type and shadow of Jesus. We see it with Moses in the desert. They're getting bitten by snakes. Moses puts a snake on a on a pole of a stick and holds it up. And everybody who looks upon him is healed. And we know that that is a type and shadow of Jesus being held up. And those who look upon him are not poisoned by their sin, but forgiven. We see this over and over and over again. I could spend the next hour two hours just laying out examples, but I want to continue with this example. Remember what I said earlier about the hierarchy, about the, the, the most important person in the room sitting at the head of the table, and I want you to see that what we're reading here is actually a parable in action because Jesus rose from the head of the table. And walked down. In reality, Jesus rose from the throne of God. God himself got up off the throne and came down and dwelled in an earthly vessel. If you remember, it says, and the word became flesh. Jesus then takes off his garments. He lays his garments aside. And I want you to see the symbolism there that in doing what God did by getting off of his throne and coming down and walking amongst us. He set aside his covering, his cloak of glory to become just like me and you. And then he took the towel and he girded himself. He took the posture of a servant. Only a servant would gird themselves with a towel to do what he was just about to do. Not only did he take a posture of a servant, but it shows that he was ready to work. And if you remember when the Sabbath came and he had healed and the Pharisees and the Sadducees were so angry, what did he say? He said, my father's always at work and so am I. God's never too busy to intervene in our lives. And he poured out the water in the basin ready to clean. And Jesus, as we know, is the living water who pours out his blood Cleansing of us of our sin. And in verse 12, we'll see after he washes their feet, he goes and sits back at the table. And we know that when Christ died on the cross, when he resurrected, that eventually he took the seat back at the right hand of the father. So this act that we are seeing from Jesus is the story. Of the cross. It is the gospel right before our eyes that shows us that it's all about servitude. It's all about the creator of the universe loving us so much that he was willing to put himself below us. We saw Mary at the foot of Jesus. We saw people dropping to the feet of Jesus. Jesus was willing to drop to his knees and clean the feet of his disciples. Let's continue. And we're already at our 1%. But I want to hit on this because Simon Peter says to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied to him, you don't realize now what I'm doing, but later you'll understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash your feet, you have no part of me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean and you are clean, though not every one of you, for he knew who was going to betray him and why he said, that's why he said not everyone was clean. I'll explain this here in a second as we close. And when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to the place. Do you understand what I've done? He asked them. You will be blessed if you do them. And as we close out, see, Peter tried to stop Jesus from what he was doing. He said, Jesus, you're not going to wash my feet. And Jesus says, if I don't wash you, you can't have a part of me. And isn't that the story of being born again? And in a nutshell, we have to allow God to cleanse us. And this display from Jesus shows that he is willing. To cleanse us and not just clean us, but clean the dirtiest parts of us. So then Peter in his zeal says, fine, wash everything. And he says, you're already clean. I've bathed you. Just your feet. Just your feet. And the significance of this is, I don't want you to miss this is that when you give your heart over to Jesus and he cleanses you, you are clean. But there is a continuous cleaning that needs to happen. If you think about the significance of our feet, you could wash your whole body. But the second you step outside into the world, your feet, they really need to be cleaned again. And we will go through this world. And we're not meant to stay in the house. We're not meant to hide. We're meant to go out. We're meant to go out and serve and bless and be the light to this world. And we have a God in heaven that's willing to cleanse us, cleanse our feet. But not only is that God that does that for us, but Jesus is saying, I've set the example for you. Wash one another's feet. Now that doesn't mean we need to have a foot washing ceremony at Sound of Heaven Church. What it means is let's bear each other's burdens. Let's be willing to serve one another. And we love, Scripture says, because he loved us first. He was willing to come down from the highest place, the most high and become the lowest of the low, embarrassed and humiliated on a cross. Why? For you. So that your sins may be forgiven. So that you may have eternal life. So that you may have victory in this world. That's how much God loves you. And that's all I want to send you off with today. We'll continue the Last Supper tomorrow in Jesus's betrayal, but I need you to understand your worth. And I believe if you reflect on this today and you realize what God did for me and for you and what he's willing to do to cleanse the dirtiest parts of us, then I believe that we can go out into this world more confident, not only more confident, but being willing to do the same for others. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We are humbled that you would come down off your throne. Come down to this earth, Lord God. And despite our imperfections, despite our our just filth sometimes, God, that you forgive us. You not only forgive us, you cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And that you charge us to... Walk in that boldness. Give us the strength and the faith to be willing to serve others like you served us. And everyone within the sound of my voice, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you would see what Jesus did here and that you would know your worth, that you are so valuable to him, that he would come down and he would save you and he would get on a cross and suffer that humiliation because you're worth it. The price that was paid for your eternal soul was worth it to God. Salvation is a gift. And right where you are, if you want to accept that gift today, just repeat after me. Say, Father God, thank you that you forgive me. Jesus I declare you as my Lord and Savior Come into my heart today Change my life And I'll follow you To the best of my ability From this day forward Amen If you prayed that prayer We want to hear from you Go to soh.church Reach out Reach out to me personally I love you guys We'll continue with John chapter 13 tomorrow